As Alex Ovechkin returns to the ice today, how much better will the Caps be with him in the lineup? We'll talk about that next on Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Alex Ovechkin as he returns to the ice. When can we expect to see him in a game? Then we will talk about the latest with Anthony Mantha, as we know he suffered an upper body injury. And then we will talk about the trade rumors about Mr. Dmitry Orloff. But in this episode, we are happy to have Roman Stubbs on the show from the Washington Post. Roman, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. So just to get it going, here's some great news for the Washington Capitals. As Alex Ovechkin has returned to the ice, we know how this team has struggled in his absence. Ovi has missed four games and the Caps have dropped their last five. His impact is obvious. Talk to me a little bit about Alex Ovechkin and where we sit with him right now. Is he going to be in versus Anaheim? Well, today, you know, it was such a big step for him to be back in the facility. Obviously, um, you know, he he needed he needed some time to to find his legs. I mean, he skated for about 45 minutes um, and he had said that, you know, he, he felt really good physically and mentally, but that he was still a little winded and that, you know, it's going to take some time with his conditioning. Um, you know, I, I, I think that you know, that the Capitals uh, want to give him all the time that he needs. Um, and so I, I, I feel like he um, should be in line to play, but I think it'll be something that they evaluate through tomorrow and then see if he's there. Um, but I, I think there was such a, a, a strong and positive vibe today with him just being able to come back and having his presence felt uh, for a team that's uh, kind of reeling right now. And it is kind of at a crossroads of their season. Um, I think it was just a score for them to have their captain back. Um, and so, um, you know, I would be surprised if he didn't play tomorrow night. But um, I think the Capitals also want to be sensitive to his situation. And, and you know, there's going to obviously be an adjustment period for him getting back onto the ice and, and everything that's gone on with just the emotional aspect of what he's gone through this past week. I mean, and that's the tough thing going forward here. I'm just keeping track. We got news coming in all the time on the Capitals, uh, lines, shakeups, and what's going on with the team. But the impact uh, of Alex Ovechkin on this team is huge. Uh, if we take a look at it, through 54 games this season, Ovechkin has 32 goals and 22 assists for 54 points. He is the team's leading scorer and is also at 812 career goals, which is 83 away from breaking Wayne Gretzky's 
all-time record. You could draw lines to the Caps' poor play when he leaves the lineup. You know, when I listen to a lot of different people around the NHL, they say, well, Alex Ovechkin is just like a one-trick pony. He shoots that puck from the left dot. Hey, if there's another player that wants to take on that challenge, I say, bring it on. But when we listen to Alex Ovechkin and, you know, your heart goes out to him as his father passed away here recently, uh, you could draw those lines to the Caps' poor play and Alex Ovechkin out of the lineup, couldn't you? Absolutely. I mean, they, without him, you know, you lose that production, obviously, of the 32 goals. Um, you don't have another player that's on pace to score 20 at this point. Um, you know, you not only have to shuffle your lineup, but you have to shuffle the power play. They, they, you know, they, they inserted Kuznetsov um, for a couple of games in his spot on the first power play. Um, last night they played with TJ Oshie there. Um, and so they're trying to generate different looks um, without him there. And, and then beyond that, you lose the physicality. I think a really underrated aspect of his game is just the, the physical presence that Alex Ovechkin brings. Um, and then just the sheer um, emotional leadership um, that the, the guy uh, is your captain. He's the, the emotional heartbeat of this team. And, and so when you factor all of these things um, into his absence, um, you know, it's, it's a huge loss. And especially for a team that um, doesn't really have an identity offensively and has struggled to find offense, even with him on the ice, um, it just compounds the issues that they have. And, and I think we really saw that during these four games when, you know, they, they, you know, really struggled uh, just getting the puck at the net, getting looks. And, and so having him back is obviously a huge plus, but again, there's going to be an adjustment period and the Caps have a lot to figure out even with him back in the lineup. Um, and so we'll see if they can get kind of things uh, turned around tomorrow night against Anaheim, which is as good as a matchup as, <laughs> as you'd want, I guess, um, you know, to try to turn around things here. You know, and when you take a look at this team, you know, I think that sometimes the Capitals fall into what is called a trap game. How is this a team that can take down the Boston Bruins with the best record in the NHL? And then the next day they fall flat on their face against San Jose. It was my assessment this last week that this was going to be a litmus test, a measuring stick, if you will, of this team. And they dropped every single game. They lost uh, two games against Carolina, against Florida, and then Detroit last night. So this is crunch time for this team. And they really have to try to pull it together if they want to have any hopes of playing better. Uh, but more recently here, talking about the game against Detroit, uh, we take a look at Dylan Larkin's game misconduct uh, against T.J. Oshie, that cross-check to the face. There was part of me out there that was concerned that here we go again. T.J. Oshie is going to be out of the lineup with a concussion or something like that of that nature. And But the part that where the Capitals struggled in that game is that the Capitals only had 12 shots on net through two periods. You cannot win hockey games that way. Again, they came in in the last period strong, but ultimately it wasn't enough. What is What does this Caps team need to improve on if they want to get back into the win column? Well, yeah, I think you said it. I mean, obviously it didn't help that Detroit had, you know, 28 block shots um, and, and really presented some issues defensively for Washington, but I think when you look at the the issues that they were having, getting the the, the puck 
um, at the net and, and, and getting it deep and getting guys in front and trying to create traffic and all of that, there was also self-inflicted errors, you know, um, you not only give up the first goal, which was the trend in all five of their losses, they get into these holes where they find themselves chasing the game. The other team seems to have um, this opportunity to, to, to play a little bit differently once they have a lead and, and wait to capitalize on the caps mistakes. So the capitals again, were chasing the game and then they have this, you know, all you can eat um, power play after Larkin gets the major and you give up, you know, two rushes in the first hundred seconds, one uh, that was, was killed off by a nice Darcy Kemper save, but the second, which led to a, a goal that puts you in a two nothing hole. Now they get one back with Tom Wilson scoring to make it two one, but you kind of just felt at that point uh, that it was just so demoralizing um, to, to, to go down like that. And when you had that opportunity and, and that's kind of been the story all year, or at least as of late with the power play, just not being able to um, capitalize on these opportunities that they have. Um, and so I think the effort was there last night. There was certainly more urgency after the, the disaster that they went through in Raleigh. Um, and, you know, and Peter Laviolette had said that, that anything that they did last night would have been better than what they showed in the outdoor game against the Hurricanes the other night. But, um, you know, that the, the block shots, the giveaways, the, 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 the lack of offensive output in the first two periods when you only have 17 shots through 40 minutes, that was all a little too little, a little too late um, for the Capitals as they tried to push. And, and then you don't really get a break. You don't get, um, you don't get a dirty goal here or there. You don't get something going your way. And so this team feels a little snake bitten um, on top of it. And, and it all kind of came to a head in a, in a fifth straight loss. And some some tough things for the Capitals to go uh, through here coming up because these, you know, I you know I spoke about last week as those games being must-win games, but the margin for error now for this Caps team is razor fine. The teams in the Metro are getting better. We saw the Islanders go out there and sign uh, Bo Horvat, which has really bolstered that team, and the Penguins. I think that ultimately, at the end of the day, what the Capitals could hope for is the Pens or the Isles to kind of to, to start losing and the Capitals to start winning. But ultimately, do they have that in the tank? I guess that remains to be seen. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the latest uh, with Anthony Mantha. As we know, he suffered that upper body injury. And then we will talk about the rumors about trades that surround this team. We'll talk about that next. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and threes drained. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Wizards game 
game, it makes watching the games that much more exciting. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Anthony Mantha, that is a, you know, a player of concern as we know that he left the game yesterday with an upper body injury. What is the latest that you're hearing about Anthony Mantha? Yeah, well, Anthony is is day to day. Obviously, that um, you know that that blow that he took last night um, was just kind of the latest in what has been a really disappointing stretch for him. Um, you know, he's gone 15 games without a goal, and and you know, I had a, a chance to talk with him last week a little bit about just pushing forward and and trying to get to get and restore that confidence um, that he's had before and and. I think um, you know there's there's a, several of these guys on this team who have have endured these long scoring droughts. Um, you know, uh, uh, Lars Eller, Connor Sheary, Sonny Milano. Um, you know, some of these guys have gone weeks without a goal, and um, Anthony Mantis uh, certainly has 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 had a, a, a strong showing, showings. Um, you know, on that fourth line at times. Last couple of weeks, he's hit a couple posts and felt like he was right there. Um, had a couple shots on goal last night before he exited, and obviously there was a lot of um, you know interest in the game last night. Him playing his former team and going up against Jacob Rana and, and brought back memories of that trade from two years ago. Um, and so it was just a disappointing way to end the night. And, and they certainly um, hope to have him back soon, but. Right now, day-to-day, he didn't obviously skate today, and we'll see what happens tomorrow if he's able to be out there. So, I mean, we are hoping for him to come back, and Anthony Mantha is one of those interesting players. Uh, You know, everyone, especially when we talk about uh, trade potential in the final segment here, is everyone says the Caps should move on from Anthony Mantha. And, you know, it's ultimately my belief that, you know, potentially you could move Lars Eller and Anthony Mantha in some sort of deal just to get Anthony Mantha's contract off the books. As we know, there is one year left on his deal. And Lars Eller, this is his last season in Washington, so it only makes sense to do that. So it wasn't all bad news. I know that the Capitals not winning is not the greatest news, but the Caps got back Nick Dowd. Nick Dowd had been recovering from a lower body injury he suffered on January 16th against the Islanders following an awkward hit by Cal Clutterbuck. He has already matched his goal total from last season and has 19 goals in 44 games, and he is on pace to establish a new career high in goals this season. I was most excited to see Nick Dowd back in the lineup. That fourth line, the kind of grinding out tough line with uh, Garnet Hathaway and kind of plug-and-play player on the left wing there, whether it be Alexi Protas or Anthony Mantha. We've pretty much seen every Capitals player play on that fourth line at some point. But having Nick Dowd back on this team playing again, that was a big moment for the Caps, I feel like, going forward. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously Saturday night you add back Tom Wilson after eight games uh, missed, and then you follow that up with getting Dowd back, and, and he's able to center that fourth line again, and it gives your lineup so much more flexibility. They're able to move Lars Eller out to the wing, and you just have better, I think, flexibility with him back. And, and so, you know, there is a sense, even with Ovechkin coming back, and, and you get Wilson back, and you get Dowd back, um, we don't know when – John Carlson might be back. You know, there's been positive signs of progress with him being able to skate the last couple of days on his own and, and work, um, you know, with, with uh, um, you know, coaches on his skating. We don't know when he might be back, but you do, you do get a sense that there is, there is some health returning. Uh, we'll wait and see on Mantha, but certainly having Dowd back comes at the right time for them and, and, shores up some things. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, obviously they need, you know, they need more scoring. They need, they need guys to be able to break out of the slumps. Like I said, um, earlier and, and just get, um, you know, more offensive production. And so having him back certainly helps that effort though. And Tom Wilson, uh, who you alluded to there as well, is huge. Um, a big impact on this team. And, you know, I think if you're not a Capitals fan, you just kind of, uh, think of Tom Wilson as a bit of a goon, a tough guy, but you know he was in the top three of goals scored for the Capitals last season, and uh, but he does bring that toughness to the team, and I think that's important to this team. I think that uh, he's that intimidator uh, when called upon. If we, you know, uh, what really kind of reminds me of that is that game they played against the Coyotes, where there was a bunch of players. Garnet Hathaway was fending off two different guys, and Lars Eller was ready to mix it up. And Tom Wilson just kind of skated in there and everyone went away. Um, so those are some of the intangibles uh, that Tom Wilson brings to this game. So a huge piece coming to this team. Tom Wilson, who I think one day will be the captain of your Washington Capitals once Ovi decides to hang up the skates. What is your assessment of Tom Wilson? I, I love him on this team. I think that he is a multidimensional player. Talk to me a little bit about Tom Wilson. Yeah, he certainly is multidimensional and, and um, you know, he's he's an intelligent player who, ha, uh, you know, he's really improved. And, you know, we've seen some of the offensive pop that he's able to bring even the last two nights uh, where he's gotten goals. Um, and so that physical presence, that 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 swagger that he brings is certainly part of their identity. And without Ovechkin, they, they've they really lost that. Um, and especially with him not in the lineup either, Tom Wilson um, just gives you um, that that physical presence and that 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 guy who is going to, to to help protect the lineup. And so he gives you so many different things. He's multidimensional. He's he's a, a, a layered player who um, knows how to play and knows how to score. And I think we've been able to see some of that that offensive growth in his game. And and they're certainly happy to have him back. And I know it's been a frustrating year for him, you know, coming off of offseason uh, knee surgery and then um, sustaining another injury just eight games back. Um, I think he's looking to just kind of put together a strong body of work here these last two months of the season. 
And uh, I think that that's, you know, ultimately what's going to put this Capitals team in the best position is that I think they they have it intrinsically within them to be a good team. This team has a long pedigree. It is veteran laden with players. It is the oldest team in the NHL. Some people kind of view that as a bit of a pejorative, but I actually view it as, as a positive. There are a lot of leaders on this team. You take a look at T.J. Oshie. You take a look at Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson and Alex Ovechkin. It's the recipes all there for greatness. It's all about if the Capitals can find a way to really turn up the heat the most when it means the most. And that's right now as this team heads towards March 3rd's trade deadline and ultimately the playoffs. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about trade rumors surrounding this team. There's one intriguing name in particular. Who is that that I'm talking about? We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So in this next segment, we are going to talk about this Capitals aging team. We kind of see them struggle this year, and there is quite a bit of talk about the Capitals being sellers at the trade deadline instead of buyers. It's kind of been Brian McClellan's assessment that, you know, does this team have what it takes in the tank to make a big push for the playoffs? And if they don't, why not move on from some pieces? Most notably on the blue line, because as we know, John Carlson is the only blue liner under contract after this season. And there is one player in particular uh, with rumors really starting to swirl. And that is Dmitry Orloff. Um, he just, you know, most recently came off that uh, six-year extension. Now he's up for a new contract. And I guess between his agent and Brian McClellan, term is the big sticking point they're not able to come to terms with this and this piece was in washington hockey now they said one piece whose name has come up in the recent murmurs is dimitri orloff per reports seen the team are in close on contract negotiations with term being the biggest issue tsn's chris johnson also added on tuesday that the talks between both sides are nowhere at the moment and there's no progress on a deal yet um, you know, Dmitry Orloff is an established blue liner on this team. It plays a really big role. Uh, but it's my belief that if they cannot come to terms with the term of his contract, it probably would be in the best interest to move on from him. As we know, if they don't come to a deal by the end of the year, July 1st, he walks. Would that be a good, accurate assessment? Do you think that the Capitals would be best to trade Dmitry Orloff right now if they can't find a way to sign him? I think it just all depends on on where they think the team is at. Obviously, he um, with Carlson out is your your best defensive player. I mean, here's a guy who is logging almost 23 minutes a game. Um, he's durable. Um, he's physical. He helps you on the penalty kill. Um, he can match up against best, the best players on any given night. Um, you know, he's a veteran in that locker room, a veteran presence who um, is part of that, that veteran core who has been there and won games and, and won a cup. Um, and so he just, he brings so much um, to the capitals. Um, I think if they decide they're sellers, you know, he obviously would command the most, probably the most return um, of any, of any of the players that they, they would probably be looking to move um, just because of his, his attractiveness to a possible contender, you know, you get him right before he's turning 32 and, and he's a guy who can really 
catapult the team potentially um, as they push, you know, as they push for a playoff run. So I think it's just where it, wherever the Capitals decide, I, you know, I think it would probably be their preference not to part ways with him. Um, and, and if they're going to, to buckle down here and, and continue to try to make a run, then, then I think you want Orlov on your team. But obviously the, the contract negotiations adds a wrinkle to this. And he's a guy who you'd have to think long and hard about just because he would probably command um, the best deal of any player that's going to hit free agency on that roster. And there's a lot of them. So um, it's definitely going to be fascinating to watch what might happen there in the next week or so. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, if you take a look at the blue line in particular, I think that that could be look a whole lot different next year. If you take a look at Gustafson and Van Riemsdyk and Jensen and Martin Faravari is a restricted free agent. Same goes for Alexia. So I do think that you could see that blue line looking substantially different next year. But, you know, one of the things that has been spoke of and we hear it quite a bit is that there will not be a tear it down to the studs rebuild coming at at any time real soon uh, because there were certain promises made to Alex Ovechkin. Um, But, you know, it seems like the Capitals have fallen short on their end of the bargain. Uh, Do you think that, you know, their play, you know, uh, here recently could change their, uh, their positioning as to how they want to rebuild this team? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think, I think this is a critical week. I mean, I think Washington's still right there, I think, in terms of of potentially pushing for a playoff berth, obviously. And and you know, these next three games over the next five days are gonna dictate where they're they're gonna be heading into the trade deadline week. And so um that that's a fascinating kind of current to this story is um you might have to take a look. Sunday or Monday at where you're at and, and make a decision on whether you're going to flip some of these contracts into long-term pieces. I mean, the issue I think that, that they, they, they might face is that yes, um, it's going to have to be a, a natural rebuild um, with Ovechkin being here um, for the next several years. You're not going to obviously do a complete overhaul, but I think you would like to be able to add some, some future pieces. I mean, they, you see that they're, they did some maneuvering over the all-star break and you, you, you re-signed Strom and Milano and it gives you some depth for the future. And then um, you wonder if the front office might try to position itself better for the future by, by making some moves. I don't think that that naturally takes you out of a playoff push in March or April. Um, so, you know, whether they're going to completely hold a fire cell, I don't think uh, will happen, but I guess anything is possible. Um I think that 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 that's what's fascinating, I guess, about these next few games is is whether or not you're still realistically in the playoff hunt and and what you can do to maybe to get better, to tweak, to maybe position yourself better. Um, if that is there, I think that would probably be the preference of Brian McClellan. Um, if not, and you you stand pat, maybe you try to to flip some of those dozen or so contracts, those free agent contracts, and try to. To, to take a look at the future. And so um, definitely no shortage of intrigue there in terms of what the team might do here with the trade deadline approaching. All right, Roman, once again, I want to thank you for joining us on the show, but before I let you get going here, why don't you tell everyone that's watching and listening to this 
where we can find your work. Yeah, I'm just at, uh, at WashingtonPost.com. I'm on the sports section. Um, Capitals content is usually up there every day. And then on Twitter, I'm just at Roman Stubbs. Um, so feel free to follow me and, and reach out to me anytime. All right. Thank you once again for joining us, Roman. And thank you all for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.